Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Yeah, hey everyone, uh, Andy and Dave here, another Tuesday tune-in. Um, yeah, welcome. Another, um, yeah, it's a pretty big one today actually, um, in terms of the the, the subject. Dave, I know we were talking about uh, almost the memories of last year, uh, what we did yeah. before lockdown and we thought, yeah. really, what did we learn from it? What can we share? Um, and that's, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's where we're at today. And we thought, especially around Killy, you know, it, it isn't um, the altitude, it is the attitude. And that's what we're going to focus on today before we tackle the usual questions. Um, yeah. Just seeing, uh, obviously, lots of people have joined us. Say, Miko, Steve, Shona, Mark, Amanda, Mona, uh, Sital, Padam. Padam, even Padam's on here. Namaste. Padam clearly wants to go to Killy. That's where he is. <laughs> yeah. um, Padam's one of our guides from Nepal. Padam, great to see you on. Julie, Pablo, Bry. Nice to see you back on Facebook, mate. Now you've recovered from your um, Facebook jail. He's, uh, well, a, uh, he's a reformed character, my friend. He's a reformed <laughs> character, completely rehabilitated. Um, Asher, Jackie, James, Haley, Joel, Mikiko, great stuff, guys. Anyone that's just joined us, do say hello. It's always nice to see who's on because I can't see um, all the all the people that uh, are on the live. But yeah, fantastic, um, fantastic live today. We've got a couple of announcements as well. Uh, the winner of um, a water bottle competition we did over on Insta. So five yeah. lucky winners will be announcing those on the live today. And we've also got another little announcement, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But Dave, we'll, we'll go straight into it. Yeah. Kilimanjaro, 12 months. I can't, I can't believe it's been a year already, right? I know, yeah. But we, we you know, we always have these little like get-togethers and we're thinking like, oh, what should we do the live on? What should we do the live on? What's, what's at the top of the list? And then I was thinking, well, the top of my list at the minute. And um is that it was about a year ago today. It was a year last Sunday, yeah. I think, or Saturday, where we were on the summit of Killy. Yeah. And I'm still thinking about it and still, you know, relaying some of the lessons that I learned from Killy. Yeah. And it's strange because every trip that we do is different, which is why it's always hard to answer. Do I go to EBC or do I go to Killy? You know, it's it's a really hard question to answer because what you get from both trips is very different. Yeah. But one thing in, about Kilimanjaro in particular that I learned and it, uh, I learned it sort of particularly on the summit night from myself, from other members of the group and what the guides are telling you is, and it keeps bringing me back to that famous Scott Fisher quote, you know, that yeah. it's not the altitude, it's the attitude that matters. And um, that really was in effect on Kilimanjaro summit night. It was one of those that it was absolutely tough. And yeah. the first thing, the first muscle that wants to give up on that type of experience is the mind. You know, either it's anxiety or panic or tiredness or fatigue, but actually doing that and completing the trip and coming back down, I learned, you know what, most people, almost everyone is a lot tougher than they actually believe they are. And by getting the mind right, you're going to, you're going to unlock that um, toughness, you know? And, um, yeah, but it's a very good point. I mean, it, it the physicality of it, um, you know, you can't get around that, you know, it's a toughie and, I think one of the big learns we've shared that um, around Killy and, and you kind of maybe don't realise until you've done it, it, it is all about uh, Summit Night. You know, you, you've, got, you've got some relatively, I say, difficult days. You've got Lava Tower and there's no mm. getting around it. Um, if you've seen any of the videos or 
um, maybe some of the walkthroughs I've shared. Uh, I'll talk about Lava Tower. Um, and it's it's hard because you're reaching an altitude, I think it's 4,600 meters within yeah. a few days of actually starting the trip. So it's it, it's going to hurt. Everyone feels that altitude. But, you know, you're doing it for a reason because you, you're letting your body, um, you know, acclimatize. You know, we're hiking high before we descend, you know, considerable amount before we, which is the, the same day we go all the way down about 700 meters after that. Yeah. Um, to Barranco Camp. And that's important for acclimatization. It pays dividends on summer night. Um, and you don't really... I say other than that, I think it's relatively easy up until summit night. I mean, nothing's easy, but I mean, if it it was easy, we wouldn't be going on it, would we? It's one of those, but um, it is a challenge. And yeah, the summit night certainly um, brought home the hiking in the night. It's very different to hiking in the day. If, If you're someone like me that loves sleep and, you know, I'm not used to working nights or I'm not used to, you know, I haven't done much trekking. I've done a few nights, but nothing like summit night. And I think um, it's something we've been talking about in terms of trip prep is that wouldn't it be great to do some night treks that we could do in the UK yeah, yeah. practice before going on Killy? Because you know what? I think that'd make a hell of a difference, right? Yeah. I was lucky, I think, just in my many jobs that I've done throughout the years. One of them was that I worked construction on the railway, which involved a lot of night shifts with a head torch on. Yeah, so it, it almost felt familiar. But the, what's different is, and where the, I think the having a, it's essentially having like a positive mental attitude, self-belief, and tapping into the reasons why you're there and not feeling like, do you know what? I'm not sure I like, you know, making a decision on the hill is, is always difficult. And I think unless you medically have to turn back, I always think push on, get the summit and get down because it'll revolutionize the way you believe about yourself and the things you can do. And the reason why Killy brings that home in such stark <clears throat> contrast is because it's not just altitude. It's not just that it's in the night. Yeah. It's not just that it's cold. It's not just a lack of sleep. It's all of those things combined yeah. into one intense 12-hour summit push. Um, and, yeah, it can be a little overwhelming. But I always remember there's a couple of people on our trip that really stood out. One of them you talked about yesterday in your live which was James. We know him as Papa Tembo. Uh, oh, in your email, sorry. Yeah, and, and message. And yeah. Um, the other one, and I'll give her a little shout out as well, is um, is Rosh. So, uh, yeah. Machine. She's one of those where she she's a constant, and I, I think she'd agree with this, she's a self-doubter, you know. Even yeah. though she's done Gokyo, uh, in Chola and Gokyo Ri in like blizzard conditions. She did the yeah. CMD route on Ben Nevis and she's done Killy. And actually, it's really good to kind of see her because she's she sort of represents a lot of the concerns that people have. What if I'm slow? What if I don't feel well? What if there's someone? Yeah. And but she did it. You know, went on your own. She went on her own, didn't she? And she, yeah, and solo yeah. traveling and stuff. You know, so yeah. she's she's a lot braver and a lot tougher than she gives herself credit for. And I think a lot of you guys, a lot of Evertrackers, are like that. You yeah. know, like you, you wonder if you can do these things, but actually, you know, it, you, you you should know that you can. It's just getting over the fear and harnessing the the muscle between your ears, really. I think yeah. that makes, yeah, makes a big difference. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, it's it's, it's funny. It, just looking at people on the live now. Even Doug has joined us. Spud, how you doing, mate? Oh uh, yeah. Spud was with us. I call him Spud. He's uh, he's a good friend. Sir Edmund and, uh, Spuddery. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Edmund Spuddery. He uh, he was on the the Killy trip with us. And um, if if you've watched Kilimanjaro the long way, 
uh, and there's the the most Scottish guy you can imagine. Uh, he's the one. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a pleasure to to climb Killy with with uh, with Spud. And yeah, I can't believe it's a year though. Absolutely crazy, mate. Um, it is an epic trip. And yeah, Davey, you you said a few good things there. I think uh, obviously I talked about um, Papa Tembo or James. Uh, Papa Tembo was his nickname on the trip uh, from the guides because he's he's a big guy. They remind him uh, Tembo is an elephant. So uh, you know the uh, that was that was their way of showing their affection was by calling him an elephant. He, he also um, has a tattoo of an elephant on his shoulder. What about that? Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't Sorry, just. James, it's not all to do with. Uh... Yeah. But he's honestly he's um I mean just I know I I, I talked about James a lot yesterday. Um, in you know when, when I was writing about the journey and and his journey, which I was massively inspired by. Someone that could go through that and, and and do that, and and I know a lot of ever trackers they go through a similar journey. You know, they they might not be the fittest. You know, they they might not have all this experience. Yeah. You know, they might have some things that they're they're carrying with them. You know, maybe some emotional baggage that you know they're trying to shift from from going on these things because sometimes you know you always look at the why you go on these things. But to be fair to him, last minute and then he did it. I mean, you know, he had a challenging time, but he was. Um, such a such a good guy on the trip and and you mentioned Rosh as well um that she had all those uh, you know quite a few fears that are quite common or concerns and I know yeah. you mentioned them there and it just goes to show that you know by cracking on and and you having the right attitude we go back to the attitude um and that resilience then to just crack on with it okay it's going to be a bumpy road you know like I know Rosh she fell over once so she had a little bump on the leg but um you know there's there's other things I think and <laughs> she got attacked by an ant which was quite um which was quite i wouldn't say um one funny but it was uh, entertaining for a lot of the group but you know i, I was coming to, to that. i beg to differ i found it hilarious <laughs> <laughs> i was the one looking after her. <laughs> yeah, yeah um but no she was she was lovely and uh great great uh, to track with as was all the people on there um obviously doug on the live as well great to see you on here mate um but yeah i mean so we go back to killy dave um in terms of things we would do differently. I was thinking summit night, something I, I kind of wrote down and I wanted to sort of mention. I think before summit night, I didn't realise quite how cold it would be. Did you? I, I know we, it was um, literally all the layers we we had, we chucked on, right? It was that cold. Yeah, I guess. As always, though, I was taking my down jacket on and off because I get a bit hot. <laughs> you run, <laughs> you, you know? run. Yeah. So yeah, like the, 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 it has to be like insanely cold for it to bother me. Yeah. But it was very cold. What we lucked out on, and well, I kind of thought it would have been fun, but the night before there was a big storm. So yeah, we were yeah. in, um, I think, Karanga camp, and there was a big lightning storm and windstorm, and people yeah. were on the way to the summit there, and um, a lot of them turned around. And when we went up, we kind of had the tail end of that. So it was yeah. very, very windy. Quite like, lucky. It was like, yeah, it was like you were just stood next to a train for like eight hours just with the wind um and i found that was quite tough and it could be a little bit of like sensory overload you yeah. know but it, it's strange though like your senses are dulled almost but they intensify in your brain so yeah. you, you only got a little cone of light you, you can't really hear anything you're quite cold you can't speak to anyone but at the same time your head is like it, it just feels intense and yeah that's one of the things i think i learned which was you don't have to feel brave in order to kind of be brave you know and a lot of the time you know you put your we you put your trust in the guides you put the trust in your fellow teammates um and you just keep putting one foot in front of the other 
and yeah. trust yourself and, and, and you'll achieve it and come back down and in retrospect, you'll think differently about it. But I think like Steve was another guy that came on and he even said yeah. that halfway up the mountain, he was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this for? You know, and actually when he, he, he did it, time, he? Yeah. when he did it and he came back down, he was like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah I mean, we chat now with, with Steve um, and with Steve as well. I, I, I probably won't say on here, but um, yeah, he's uh, he's at home right now with um, enjoying his family life. That's all I'll have to say. <laughs> um, but no, he's uh, he's a fantastic guy and he's, he's obviously created some wonderful content for us. And, uh, you know, just as a as never tracker himself, because he'd done every space camp before um before with with myself um you know he's a great guy to have on the track but you know he'd be the first to admit Al- altitude doesn't really agree with him that well he he struggled a couple of times um and sometimes it can be you know i think with steve um he didn't he had a bit of a dodgy belly didn't sleep well you know these sort of things can play on your mind and yeah. um, you know, they, they, those doubts do creep in um you know can i do this you know are, you know am I, I'm like, because his stats were really good. Like, you look at his uh, oxygen levels, you look at his heart rate. I mean, uh, from the if you if you were to go just on stats, he was doing fantastic. If you were to look at him, you want to get him off the mountain. <laughs> you know, he didn't look great at all, but it was because it was other things rather than the altitude affecting him. Yeah. Um, and again, we go back to the attitude, and and you know, he admit afterwards, you know, that he was he, he kind of he listened to those doubts rather than thinking, well, wait a sec, no, you know, I'm going to do this. Um, you know, but he did get to the summit and that, you know, I, I take my hat off to him literally because, you know, lesser men would certainly have turned around yeah. um, much like James, you know, they both battled on, they both made the summit. And now we talk about it and they're like, oh, that was amazing. What a journey it was. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll never forget that, especially because it was followed by a good friend COVID literally within a few weeks of coming back and we haven't been able to do anything since. Yeah. So it's made us realize how precious those moments are where, yeah. You achieve these things and um yeah i think and that, that that's why we we kind of thought right we can talk about it today obviously we, we've got other questions as well we've had a quite a few come in on email and papa tembo itself has just turned up there he is yeah James, it going, mate? but um one thing you, you mentioned then and which is about what, what would i do differently on summit night to make yeah yeah, sorry, yeah, go on, yeah i would only ever change one thing about summit night i was okay. happy with my entire setup except for one thing which was I had a fleece on the, Ever, the my Evertrek fleece, but it didn't have a yeah. hood. Yeah. So I had to use like the hood on my um, my Gore-Tex jacket or my down jacket, and they're really loud. Yeah. If I had something like what you're wearing now, like my Rab one with a soft hood that went over my head. Yeah, that would be. They, that would be they're like technical ones, or they hug the head. Yeah. That is the only thing I would do differently, so I could keep my ears warm um, without having the noise. I mean, that that's the only thing. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, and I tell you yeah. what, I would bring more sweets. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more, snacks. more sweets. Yeah, uh, more snacks and stuff like that because um, I ran out. Uh, one thing I did bring enough of was like ibuprofen and paracetamol because I kept getting <laughs> raided up the mountain. Do you remember? Like, I was going to say everything from diarrhea kits, which we call the Brad Pitt kit, to um, yeah. every other tablet. I think, Dave, you you pretty much prescribed the entire mountain, um, if, if I remember. Mate, people remember. come to me. People come to me from other expeditions, mate. Heard you're the guy to speak to about them. <laughs> and, um, mate, it's um, because yeah. you just, I, I like to be prepared. You know, I don't want a painful knee to stop me. I don't want a bad stomach to stop me. So I literally pack everything, hay fever tablets, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, just while James is on, and now he's on here, I'm going to ask him, James, is there anything um, 
um, that you learned that you would do differently on summit night? I'd, I'd like to hear his thoughts. Um, yeah, if you can type in the comments, mate, I'll um, it'll pop up and we'll share them. Uh, yeah, because it's always good. Same with Doug as well. Doug, you're on here. And um, yeah, is there anything from the Killy Summit um, that night or from the trip itself, what, what you would share, guys, that would be um, useful to all the Evertrekkers on here? Yeah, we yeah. thought we'd, we'd ask you guys as well. Um, we're also waiting for the guys to respond. Dave, should we answer some questions? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, so as always, some of them have been submitted beforehand. So Matt here says, yeah. hi, travel from the UK. Really want to do Killy, but are we able to do so? How does it work? So at the yeah. moment, not really. Um, Kilimanjaro at the moment, I mean, we're still sort of really focused on Kilimanjaro because yeah. we know that loads of people want to go there. We're not just thinking about this year. We're thinking about the future. So 2022, yeah. 23, 24, you know, there's so much more fun and enjoyment and so many more people that need to, to get there. Yeah. Um, but right now, today, Tanzania is actually on one of uh, what they call the, the red list. Yeah. So if you, you can get there. There's a lot of hoops to jump through. So you need tests you need tests on arrival. You need tests before you return home. And then you also need to quarantine for 10 days forcibly in a hotel. And they charge you £1,750 for the privilege. So I would be honest and say, yeah, so we're not going to be running any trips to Kilimanjaro um, in the next few months at least. We'll see how things change with regards to the pathway out of COVID. Um, but having said that, like I said, we, we don't we don't think in the short term. We think not just about, you know, May, June, July. We think about 2022, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, you know, and all the many people wow, that are going to be looking. You're organized, Dave. Well organized. Yeah, bring me yeah. on more adventures in 2021. Eh? That's what we want. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, yes, you are going to be going to Killy. Yes, you can book on for next yeah. year, maybe even later on this year um but right now today probably probably not the best idea yeah um i think just to sort of jump in as well with that um just to add my comments it is one of those where you know it's the same as it's been I, I, unfortunately the last kind of 11 12 months isn't it with um with regards to wait and see it's literally you know we're waiting um we're we're, we're waiting to get on these adventures as much as you guys and it's the same same message unfortunately is that we're we're beholden to the government's rules um in terms of traveling and yeah unfortunately tanzania um yeah. because of the the variants in in south africa um you know i know south america as well it means that there might be that sort of unfortunately lingering travel issues but you know as dave said think ahead here um i mean where we can't wait to get traveling again i mean we're, we're hoping by the summer it'd be fine um yeah you know it'd be it'll be great and you know it, it does lead lead me on to the next question because someone else has asked i'm um, just trying to get the question up again yeah i think um yeah obviously matt you asked that but i know that keith walker has emailed in as well and messaged um and has received uh booklet and buff yeah great nice to see you have it keith um going in july uh to killy and again it's the same question i think but he's looking to book flights and it's, it is one of those, I'd say, if you're going to book your flights and, you know, potentially with regards to, to booking them, yeah, you don't want to leave it too last minute, is that if you book it directly with the airlines, um, especially um, with airlines like Qatar Airlines, um, I, I'm trying to think of some others that fly to, to um, Kili, um, you know, Emirates, uh, not sure if Turkish do, but I know I know Qatar and Emirates do. If you um, If you do book directly with them, they are offering free reschedules. 
Um, no. Some companies are offering small charges, but it means if you can move it, then you can move it. But yeah. I know a lot of people are looking, obviously, some cheaper flights via third parties. It just means that it might be some issues regarding rescheduling. So, yeah, do, do take that into account. Um, again, I wish I'd say, yep, yeah, go ahead, book them 100%. You're going to go. But unfortunately, it's not that kind of um, uh, environment at the moment. But, yeah, Keith, um, yeah. I hope that helps a little bit, mate. Um, you've also asked uh, hire a down jacket. Do we also hire Killy? Yes, in terms of the uh, down jacket, um, yeah, you can get that at the hotel when you arrive. Um, I think it's about ten dollars. It's hard. It's hardly anything to hire it for the trip. Yeah. Um, so I know in in Nepal we obviously it's all included, but with any gear that you do hire in in Tanzania, it is a small extra charge, which you yeah. can pay locally um, because it's like a local store if you like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Grayson, uh, I know. I think we've had a couple of ever trekkers. Yes, yeah, so um, mentioned a couple of things. Uh, so Edmund Spuddery has come back and said the um, yeah. only thing that he would bring with him on summit night, um, which he didn't bring first time round, would be um, mitts uh, yeah. and hand warmers. So I think he clearly suffered yeah. the cold hands. I don't remember Doug complaining about cold hands, but, you know, he's a tough Highlander. He's not going to complain about it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I would be inclined to agree there. Also love that Hannah Merton. Love David Goggins. Um, his book is yeah. uh, really, really inspirational. I, I kind of love the way he trains and stuff like that. But yeah, it uh, goes by the mantra. Um, when your mind is telling you you're done, you're really only 40% done. <laughs> and, um, love it. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. That's brilliant. I'm going to have to, I haven't read any of uh, the book, Dave, but I know, I know you're into David Goggins. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, you've got to take um, inspiration from many forms and he's yeah. the guy when I feel like I need to give myself a kick up the ass. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been <laughs> staring at my running shoes for like 45 minutes, wondering if I'm going to go. I try and channel David Goggins and, yeah, do it that way. Nice. Um, yeah, Papa Tembo, James has, has, has written a couple of things as well. Um, mentioned, yeah, trying to trying to sleep during the day before leaving the summit. I think I agree with you there, James. Um, it's hard because once you – when you the, the time you get up to actually start your trip, I mean, it can change, you know, an hour either side, but we got up at 10 p.m. Now, we, we stopped trekking in the afternoon. You know, you have some food. You try and get some sleep around seven. But the thing is, you're full of excitement. You know, you're full of beans. Um, it's hard to get any sleep, um, especially the camp could be noisy, even with earplugs on. Uh, when, when we were there, it was super windy. So it was like flapping of the tent. You know, it's very hard to get any sleep. As you do on a, you know, when you get a high altitude expedition, it's going to be like that sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I think if you can get some sleep, um, yeah, it helps. I think I, I had a hour and I suffered because of that. I was going to say, I will say it's hard for most people to get sleep banned, but I've shared a tent with you on many occasions <laughs> and it's like flicking a switch and he's gone. <laughs> you know, um, I, I do normally, yeah, normally. Uh, I think I was really excited for Killy though. You know, yeah, it, I, I didn't, I didn't sleep a wink. I had nothing, zero. Like <laughs> I woke up at 6 a.m. the day before. Yeah. Didn't have any sleep, did Killy. And then I went to bed at around 9.30 the next night. So yeah. I was up for a long, 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 long time. And um, I think that was probably the toughest bit for me, wasn't yeah. the summit. It was you go to the summit, you come down, you then have an hour in the tent where you can try and sleep. But again, same problem, didn't, couldn't do it. And then you have a four and a half hour walk back down to the lower camp. And I'll be honest, there was a moment on that walk down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just sat down. I said, and if I didn't have to move, I wouldn't. <laughs> like, like, I, I, I was just, like, get up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, on, just, just, far away. Just, just leave me here. Is all I wanted to do. I'll make my way down in the morning. But I was like, yeah, you know what it's like. Like what James is talking about there as well. Um, yeah. 
you know, he wished he trained a bit, but actually the most important part is that he was strong-willed and and yeah. relied on the support of his team. And I think that's another thing as well, that you're, yeah. not, you're not doing this alone. Even if you're the only trekker, you're going to have your guides and your porters, each yeah. and every one of them taking an immense personal pride in getting you to achieve what you got, what you went there to achieve and um, helping and relying on those people. And like, I think Andy was like, Dave, you are, have a Snickers, get up. <laughs> <laughs> and then go yeah, down and exactly, yeah. you know, something, it, take your mind off it mate and then and then it was it was started and i, w- I want to share something from from um doug as well because he mentions on the kilimanjaro the long way video um i think he says uh was it 23 hours of hell uh you know was it yeah 24 hours of hell uh, just one day of hell basically and that's it and you've and you've achieved it and i think once you get over that and you realize okay you're gonna go through pain you're gonna it's gonna be tough but you have something you remember the rest of your life. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's true. And I think that's right. Whatever, whatever you go through there, whatever challenges, um, you know, keep going. Remember your why. And, um, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll reach the summit of Africa. It's one of the most amazing things ever. Uh, um, Tim Lawley has mentioned yes. something. Uh, Zoppy clone? Um, I don't know what that is. Can you, ex- can you let me know what that is? I'm always curious to find out uh, something that might help. Um but yeah, Jerome has actually said uh, to tell slash warn everyone about kissing rock on the Barranco wall. <laughs> to, be honest, I, I, uh, to be honest, Jerome, I love that bit. It was amazing. <laughs> Barranco wall was a personal highlight of mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kissing rock. I honestly, I thought it was like, it was scarier. It was not as scary as I thought it was going to be. It was scarier thinking yeah. about it than it was doing it. When I got there, it was great. I mean, we even hung around on the rock to get a picture. Yeah. um no it is the Barranco wall is amazing it's scary when you look at it when you arrive at the camp and you see this big black wall like the black gate of mordor ahead of you and you've got to kind of climb up it and you yeah. can't see the way from that far and you think how am i going to do that but actually the guides are amazing and um yeah uh when we got to the top we had an amazing little gathering it was like our group there we were getting pictures the guides were playing um, Little Richard on the speaker, so we yeah, had like crazy, <laughs> and then we had like some music. And it, honestly, it was it was such a that was a big uh, a big celebrate celebratory moment there for me. Love Barranco. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, when we got to the top of there, and I know we we recorded part of our podcast on on the top of Barranco Wall. Yeah, uh, any of you who listen to that, you'll you'll see how we reacted. And I think <laughs> I think that's when I think it was the moment you said that when we got. To that point, it was the moment that we started to feel better. But it was the moment that Steve started to go downhill, not literally, um, physically. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's you know his attitude. He battled on, and and yeah, he I made felt it. amazing, mate. Captain Diamox. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I just read some of the comments now, uh, Mick, and I know Mick James says exactly the same thing, and he says, "Was it pain is weakness leaving the body?" Yeah, completely agree with you there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dave, I I tell you what we we'll do. Just to kind of break it up a little bit, I think what we'll do is announce the winners from the Instagram for one of these bottles. Oh, um, yeah. I believe you've got the, the five winners there. I have, yeah. So um, this is a little, uh, yeah, little competition, sort of headed by Ali, the uh, Barefoot Yeti. Yeah, she and, done well. Um, so, yeah, and it was basically we had five of our Evertrack water bottles that will now be making their way to everybody. Um, so the winners are David Carpenter, Andrew Moore, sorry, no, sorry, they're not. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Sandra Kauflis, congratulations, congratulations, Sandra. Jerry uh, Reavens, Bri Bri McAlpine, Richard Sykes, and Shona Baird. 
Um, so excellent. Uh, we will be reaching out to all of you guys to get your addresses, and we'll yeah. be uh, winging our way over to you a uh, Evertrek water bowl. Yeah, definitely. One of these guys. There we go. Um, yeah. yeah, thanks for for participating as well. It's great. I've seen some of the kit, uh, you know, kit picks, and um, I have to be careful how I said that. Um, with regards to you getting all your kit ready and some of the creativity around it, yeah, it was great to see. So thanks for for joining in on that one. Um, right, Dave, any other questions, mate, as we go through? Uh, and do you want to clarify, Zoppy Clone was a uh, uh, it's a prescription medication that helps you sleep, and it will get you completely and totally banjoed, I think. So, uh, yeah, that was a tongue-in-cheek okay. comment. I will not be taking Zoppy Clone when I go to Killy. I was going to say you would that would affect you because you, you, yeah, you, uh, that doesn't sound great. Um, <laughs> Definitely, so, um, Dave. I'm going to um, just answer a couple here. I think um, another rescheduling kind of question. Andrew Davis, uh, will the trek in October go ahead, and will we isolate on return? So, Andrew, yes, um, with October, I mean, all all going well for the for the autumn. Um, we got no um, sort of issues that we know of at the moment. Um, I mean, with, with the uh, you mentioned there about isolating on return. Obviously, I know you're based in the UK, Andrew. Um, it's it's one of those I think that might be continuing even when the lockdown ends and and that. So it, it comes with those travel restrictions. There might be some issues with that. But again, it's as I said to, to Keith. Um, we talked about Matt and, and all the other questions we've answered around rescheduling when it comes to to that kind of stuff. We're, we're in the same boat as you. It will. Ha- new rules come at the drop of a trilby hat. So you just have to kind of um, keep an eye on that as we go. Um, but October's a little a little way off yet. Let's, um, fingers crossed, mate. We get you on this trip. Um, we Yeah, if, if it could go ahead, we can go ahead. Um, yeah. And yeah, can't can't wait to, to have you with us, Andrew. Awesome, awesome. Um, so uh, let's have a quick look now. So um, I see, bye, Mark, bye, Kim. I can't believe there's something more important than the Tuesday tune-in that you're running off to. But yeah, Speak to you soon, guys. Um, yeah, so uh, Diane has uh, uh, asked, uh, what is the maximum number of people on a Brecon training weekend? Yeah. I think around, what, do we do 12 people maximum, it's something like that? 12, so yeah, like, 12 right, people, yeah. yeah. So any more than that... Is the, is the limitations. Yeah, and any more than that, it's like herding cats on the mountain, you know, you're a nightmare yeah. to keep track of, so we don't want to lose anyone. But um, but no, yeah, about 12 people per training weekend. Um, yeah, and that, that's the ones in Brecon um yeah we love those i think in the the winter training is about eight and am i thinking right yeah so i mean uh, we're, we're talking about the the training weekend we run in in brecon beacons um yeah. with regards to the the winter skills which unfortunately i know we're coming out winter now um which is obviously gonna be difficult to run this year but if you if you're on any future skills courses uh with our good friends uh aim higher uh i believe it's eight yeah with regards to, to the capacity but you know we've We've got plenty of spaces um, for, I think, we, the one in August, which where I think we've got about several people booked on that already. So, yeah, get yourself in. I think Lauren, um, uh, Lauren's on the comments. Um, yeah, if you could drop the training weekend link in there, um, just if there's anyone on the live that does want to join us on the training weekend. Uh, Diane, I know you're booked in. Jerome, I know you're booked in. I know a few others are. Sorry if I can't remember your name, but, um, yeah, uh, can't wait to meet you guys and uh, do some trekking, finally. I mean... <laughs> I mean, honestly, I cannot wait to get back to the mountains, guys. It's going to be fantastic. It's, uh, it yeah, absolutely, absolutely kills me that there's a little hill just outside my window over it. there. <laughs> uh, if I had half a mind to, I would just get up there right away. But no, I can't wait to do the training weekend as well. It's going yeah. to be awesome. Julie, um, oh, Julie. Yeah. yeah, training weekends are a good laugh, and uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I hope, hopefully, you guys get a lot of benefit out of it as well. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, well, look, I mean, there's a sort of with regards to questions, I think we've run out of the moment. So what I'll do is I'll go into a um, little announcement. Obviously, we're talking about Killy today. Um, and yeah, over the last probably two months now, we've been wondering because we, you know, we do like a competition or two, don't we? Uh, if you've been part of the community um, of Evertrekkers for some time, uh, you would have seen that we've run, uh, you know, competitions to Everest Base Camp. Uh, we've had some free training weekends and we've done some Killy ones. And, you know, we, we thought as a little, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a year already since Killy. So we thought like, we're going to do um, another little competition for Evertrekkers. Uh, and that's to win um, basically for you and a friend to climb Kilimanjaro with us. So, yeah, we will. Um, it's going to be all uh, put out on social today. Uh, but, Lauren, uh, again, if you could drop the link, uh, obviously get yourselves in, guys. It's going to be a great, um, uh, great competition. As always, we always have loads of positivity around them, loads of energy. Um, you know, it's a great trip. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, video content which we're going to be sharing, obviously, about the trip as we as we promote the competition. Um, but as all of our regular Evertrekkers, get yourselves in. Um, you know, obviously, if you're if you're already booked in to, uh, to Killy already, um, obviously you can't win that. But if you do win, you can use it on another um, that pretty much comparative value on another trip. So yeah. get yourselves in, guys. Uh, let's say Lauren, if you could put the link in there, uh, get yourselves in on the competition. Um, as you guess, it's not going to be the last we talk about it. So don't worry that if you miss the link, we can post it on uh, the social feed. Yeah, and- it, it'll be it'll be everywhere before long. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we can't wait to, just to. Just like spread the energy, guys, because we're not exactly. far from out of this lockdown now. And um, when it's over, we want to get back to places like Killy, uh, like Everest Base Camp, like Machu Picchu, like Mount Tupacal. You know, we can't wait. Um, it's certainly going to be um, busy when we get back to the mountains uh, because we're all like absolutely gagging to get out there. And, and this was one of the things we're like, right, we're going to do a competition now in March. Um, you know, it's almost our fifth anniversary as well. So it's kind of a nice yeah. little um sort of feeder in because uh yeah five years since evertrek first began that's a bit nuts yeah um, which is absolutely crazy but yeah get yourselves in guys love to see you in i'll um i'll see all the all the people dropping in uh, i'll also be sending out emails as well just to kind of um share um yep. a bit more information around the competition but yeah dave yeah, yeah. um also i see karen talking of killy yeah uh, okay Kaza, you've asked um in the planner it says taking a duffel bag or rucksack for kit to be carried by porters you thought you were given one on arrival. Did you get it wrong? Um, you didn't exactly get it wrong, um, but it's uh, in Nepal um, on our all our Nepal trips. We give the duffel bags um, for free um, for you to use on arrival. In Kilimanjaro, we haven't actually got the facility to be able to do that yet. Um, so on Kilimanjaro, we recommend bringing your own. If you don't want to bring your own, if you want to bring everything in a suitcase, you can rent a duffel bag um, from us over there, and it costs. So I could probably find out right now for you. Da, 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 da. So a duffel bag costs around $12 for the whole trip. Um, so you it's can rent one. Yeah, yeah. So you, you can rent one over there if you need to. But yeah, we only give away the free ones on the pole, largely because we've been in the pole a lot longer. We've got a lot more um, facilities to have things made and things locally. Um, we're working on it in Tanzania, having a lot of stuff like that. And in time, that will come. Um, but at the moment, we recommend bring your own or rent one. Yeah. Nice, Dave. Lovely. Um, uh, Diane's made a good point as well. She's asked about some of the because uh, I did see a question come in, Diane. And yeah, we've got a little bit of um, it sparked an idea for us, actually. I mean, because we've got quite a few trips we're looking to release uh, very soon. Um, now, although we're, we're obviously talking about Kilimanjaro today, um, there are a lot of new trips. So we thought yeah. once a month, what I'll do, I'll be. 
because Dave is our head of operations. He creates, uh, you know, all of our new trips, um, you know, while sourcing, um, you know, making sure they're ever trek if you like. Yeah. Um, at the moment, uh, very difficult to go out and test these. Um, you know, so the first couple of groups will be what we call uh, test pilots. You know, we did that historically. It's worked very well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every month I'm going to be asking Dave, so what's, what's the future looking like, Dave? Um, and Dave, I'll leave it to you. There's it, a few trips you want to talk about today. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're always looking to expand our sort of repertoire, you know, um, yeah. ex- you know, uh, add another quiver to our bow, so to speak. <laughs> and um, yeah, so what's happening now? So we've got a couple of really good trips that I've been working on that are pretty much ready. Um, so, you know, within the within the, the very distant future, we're probably going to be announcing those releasing dates and yep. you guys can book on them. So I think the first thing we've got to do is we're going to announce that we do have another trip in Nepal. Um, yep. So this is a lovely little sort of niche trip. Um, it's the Langtang region of Nepal, which is a little bit of an unknown gem. I mean, when I say that, I mean, people do go there. It is known about, but yep. in much, much smaller numbers. So it's a much sort of it's a little bit off the beaten track. Um, and there is a cheeky little summit out there called Yala Summit, which is about five and a half thousand meters. Yep. So it's going to be a lovely, amazing trek. You can see, um, you know, I think you can see Manaslu and Choyo, and there's loads of other 8,000 meters um, mountains that you can view over there. But this trip is lovely. And the great thing about it is it's going to be between sort of 11 and 13 days. Got to finalize it yet. I think yep. it might come in at around 13 days. So it's going to be shorter than the EBC trip. So, yes, Langtang, very excited about that. The yeah. next one, which I know, well, the next two really that I know Andy is particularly excited about <laughs> is um, we're going to be doing a trip uh, to the Patagonia ice fields. Yeah. This one is seriously awesome. Um, we've wanted to sort of, we're already going to, you know, Machu Picchu, but we wanted to expand in uh, South America as well. So, yes, the Patagonia ice fields is amazing. A little bit different to the average trek, although it is guided. You are an essential part of the expedition team. So it's sort of like man hauling a sled, carrying your own supplies and also a share of the group supplies. Um, yeah. And seeing an area of the world that's it's it's, it's amazing. Like the, the, the Patagonia ice fields is like, I suppose, only comparable to like Antarctica or something like that. You or know, Greenland. It is, yeah, it's very big. Greenland, expansion, yeah. It is stunning. And there's loads of like different like these ice formations, these ice pillars and mushrooms, they call them stunning trip. And the next one again in South America, but this one's actually in um, Ecuador. We're going to be doing the Chimborazo and Cotopaxi uh, peak climbing. Um, It's actually, um, it's four volcanoes. We reached three summits and one of them is over 6,000 meters. Little uh, little factoid Chimborazo, based on its location on the equator, is the furthest peak to space or the furthest point from the center of the earth, I think, technically. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's an amazing trip. So that's going to be super. It's going to be like 20 odd days. Um, you're going to be out there in um, Ecuador, some in some of the biggest, um, uh, at, le- at least one of them is active. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, the Paxi um, is, the Paxi is uh, pretty active. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that, uh, that's called the uh, the Ring of Fire trek as well. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, these are going to be, um, yeah, they're the three that I've sort of got in the pipeline at the moment they're pretty much buttoned up there's a few more little yeah. bits we got to get together because like always we've set a standard for the evertrek trips and we don't want to yeah. sort of let that slip at all so um yeah those are three trips that we'll be going on and i think in a month's time i'll probably have two or three more yeah. and then if andy asks me this question every month man i'm just going to be like <laughs> i'm going to be like cool um, well you're going to be busy dave but we uh, yeah. you know we've yeah. 
in about two years' time, I'll be saying, yep, this trip is awesome. It's a visit to my local pub in Newport. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so that's awesome. So, um, yeah, we are... um, we're at a stage now where, you know, like I said, yeah. where I, all I think about all day, every day is where do we want to go? Where do the Evertrackers want to go? Okay, let's go there. And then, yeah. you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it, I suppose, behind behind the camera. But, um, yeah, those three trips, Patagonia Icefields, Langtang in Nepal, and uh, Chimborazo and Cotopaxi on the Ring of Fire trip. Remember those. Nice, Dave. I love it. Yeah, well done. Yeah, something. Um, yeah, thanks for that, Diane. You, I know you, you've inspired us to create something a little bit different. And um, yeah, with regards to the European trips, um, yeah, probably wait another month. Uh, I'll be a bit more further along, but we we don't like to rush certain ones. Um, just be, as Dave said, we want to make sure they're they're up to our standards. Um, that's the you know the supplier in country is is kind of knows how we uh, how we do our trips. Um, and sometimes, you know, that means that we have to go out there, which we can't do at the moment, which has slowed stuff down. Yeah. Um, you know, but no more now. We're, we're, we're really, I think uh, if the last 12 months has, has told us anything, it's like, you know, life is so short and, you know, you have to get out there and grab it by the proverbials, um, you know, and you've just got to, uh, if when when we're allowed out, let's go and make the best of it. And that's what we're going to do. Um, you know, we we realize now that obviously Everest Base Camp is, is, our, is, our, is our big Mac. You know, uh, like Killy, probably that's maybe as a McChicken sandwich. Um, I'm sorry, I'm using McDonald's analogies here. But essentially, you know, we know there's a lot of other trips that we want to do. Um, you know, we, some in Europe, but South America is going to be huge for us. Um, yeah. But we can't forget about Nepal. Nepal is our uh, is our bread and butter. And, you know, there's some amazing places in Nepal. Langtang region is going to be great with Yara yeah. Peak. I'm really excited about that one myself. Have a look at the pictures and chat to the guys in Nepal. So, yeah, um, guys, you know, um, as always, you know, we uh, as soon as we right, we launch ready to book on, you'll know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mob Blanc isn't too far away, guys. So uh, stay with us. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, well, you've got the seven summits, right? And um... I, yeah, <laughs> well, we it's, it's always because we're always conscious about talking about too much because we're always like, OK, competition. Then we've got something else. Then we've got new trips. And we know there's a lot to take on board. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll try and stagger it a bit for you guys. But, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to look forward to, um, especially as we, we come out of uh, this lockdown with the new trips. Yeah. We're able to get out there and test them as well as having test pilots on trips. And then you will be able to see, um, you know, uh, our dreams then really of, um, you know, getting you guys on, on amazing high altitude trips. Um, and don't forget, you know, all of our trips are high altitude um they might be sort of the odd or two the odd one or two that are more epic um like patagonia ice fields isn't essentially high altitude but i think it's hard enough that you know it's pretty challenging and we were thinking right we'd love to have that um yeah. uh, like you said quiver to our, our our bow if you like um but yeah a couple of questions then uh just looking coming in guys i think miko's asked was it chimborazo dave yeah just to confirm yes yeah. So yeah, the, uh, yeah. So Chimborazo is um, the the big boy. Cotopaxi's yeah. the famous boy, um, yeah. and then there's a couple of other um, volcanic peaks as well. One of them we use for acclimatization, um, and then there's three actual summits all leading up to Chimborazo, which is over six thousand yeah. meters. So that's going to be um, yeah, amazing trip. I, I mean, I, honestly, I can't wait. I also want to go to Patagonia because a little uh, Welsh village in Patagonia, right? And we're um, uh, there is, yeah, they speak, yeah. Uh, they do, they speak Welsh. I think um, it happened, I don't know the, the exact history, but yeah, there's, um, 
I know some friends who have been there and who are from Wales but don't speak Welsh. And the Welsh that were living there weren't happy that we yeah. didn't speak Welsh. But, uh, the, I wonder if um, Shona's been there. Maybe I just made that up. Shona, can you clarify? Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, another question. So let's have a quick look. Da, 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 da. So Shane, hi, guys. Tips on how to keep mountain fit and keep the timber off in the absence of being able to get up the mountains. Cutting out alcoholic beverages of choice, preferably not being the answer. Right. Yeah, okay. Shona has <laughs> been there. Um, Shona has been there. Shona, can you do me a favor and let me know a little bit about that place? Because um, I really want to investigate it. And maybe you, uh, you haven't been there. Can give me some tips. Secondly, so yeah, um, keeping the timber off. Mate, uh, if you can find an answer to that question, can you please let me know? However, my advice would be, you know, you've got to keep active and you've got to keep the mind active, you know, and routine is what really helps me, you know? So um, I'm a creature of routine. If I don't have my routine, I tend to just go downhill and do nothing. So set yourself a plan and stick to it. Make your goals public. Um, you know, if you want to run 5K, if you want to run 10K, if you want to cycle 100 miles, and you want to set certain goals that you need to get there, which involves, okay, on Monday, I'm going to go out on my bike and I'm going to ride 20 miles, an easy 20 miles, take my time. Um, as long as you do it, that's in the bank then, it's done. And then the next time you go out, you've got to set that goal again. And it doesn't matter whether that's hiking, whether that's cycling, whether that's running or swimming, or whether you're doing a home workout. As long as you have a goal set in mind, I think that's what really helps me because um, – Recently, I've sort of taken my foot off the gas training-wise because a couple of trips that I wanted to go on are not happening. And you have a tendency to take your foot off the gas. And actually, I also look around me for inspiration. So I took my foot off the gas. Andy's put his foot firm on it. So he's been getting up at 6 a.m. like Rocky and going out drinking raw eggs and running. Um, raw eggs? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and that, that's kind of inspired me, you know. So I, I, I've been getting out on my bike more and I've been running more. And actually just setting out a plan and, and sticking to it is what makes it good for me. And um, But, you know, try different things. Try different forms of exercise as well. Keep it keep it fresh. Some people, they only they have a one-track mind and they, they try and run. But running might not be the answer. You might just, like, start using your bike to go to the shops or something like that, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. I think you've, you've, you've mentioned a few good things there. And it's different for everyone. I think, yeah, it's all about balance. Um, you know, you mentioned there about having a beer. Um, yeah, it's, it's like us, you know, we're watching the rugby on the weekend. We had a few beers and, you know, if you balance that with a bunch of exercise, you know, try and eat slightly healthy just to try and, you know, have a bit of, lose a bit of weight. Um, intermittent fasting, I found is really good. Um, there's, a, I mean, there's loads of different opinions, you know, I, I out there. I mean, obviously a lot of uh, gyms are closed right now. So, um, you know, you can't really do that. But if there's one thing we are allowed to do, that's walk from your house right now. I mean, hopefully we'll be able to travel to to actually hike in the near future in the next month or so um you know in the uk now i'm just talking about the uk um and yeah um do what you can i think sometimes it's hard to learn motivation i think um i was, I was reading this morning um it's actually it sounds interesting but there's a book called the alter ego right and it's uh, it's nothing about being a superhero but it's almost uh it's it's, it's I, I always like to learn new things about mindset and um you know, if you can picture yourself as a superhero with certain strengths and you can go out there with, you know, if you want to, like Dave said, if you want to get out there and run 10K, um, what sort of person do you need to be to get out there to run 10K? You you know, but again, it comes back to your motivation, getting up and doing it. That, that can only, that's down to you, you know, you've, you've got to want to do that. Um, you know, you're not in the army or anything. You can't be forced to do that. You've, you've got to really, um, you've got to want it. Um, there's got to be a why, you know, there's got to be a reason for it 
Um, and if that reason is that you want to climb Kilimanjaro whilst talking about Kilimanjaro, I thought I'd ask you a question. If you didn't do the training and then you didn't summit Kilimanjaro, knowing you could have done more, how does that make you feel? Because if you want to find your motivation, you know, you don't want to, you, you don't want to, to be that, you don't want to have that feeling of not summiting. So do all the work you can before you get out there. Then that question will need to be asked. That's your motivation. And that can then help you achieve it. So, you know, just, just simple things like that, um, you, you know, can be just, just asking yourself your question, you know, you know, Shane, I'm going to use you because you're talking about beer. Uh, <laughs> Shane, you know, what, what, what's it going to take to get you up, get you uh, to average base camp? What's it going to take to get you up, Killy? What's it going to take to get up at an hour early in the morning and do it and do a run or do a walk? What's it going to take? Um, and yeah, only you, you know the answer, mate, but um, yeah, uh, let us know you're getting on. Yep, awesome. And um, Ramona's asked, can Gaz Hunter take one of his straps to uh, EBC? He can, but I don't know where you're going to plug it in. Maybe an acoustic might be easier, right? And um, power's a little bit intermittent up there. But you, 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 I mean, you can absolutely bring it. We may have to get an extra porter to carry it because they're, you yeah, know, the weight of it. Yeah, but um, I mean, yeah. if Paul Oakenfold can play uh, the world's highest set at uh, at Everest Base Camp, it's just a matter of a question yeah. of, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah, diesel generators flown in. I'm saying yeah. it can be done. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, any anything can be done, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. why not? Just bring the guitar and we'll worry about how we get it up there when we <laughs> when you get there, you know. But we'll figure it out. I'd and, love um, the image Fender Strattery. I'd love to see that. Yeah, that that'd be awesome. Yeah, and um, I mean, I I know for a fact that you know playing in the lodges will be greatly appreciated. Yeah. Everyone loves a bit of gentle guitar music, you know, when they're trying to acclimatize. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, Brilliant. There's a few more questions coming, actually, which is great, guys. Um, yeah, just just look at might start an avalanche. Oh, it's a very good question, actually. Uh, Mark makes a good point. Um, but yeah, uh, was it someone said, uh, Chris Lewis, uh, hello, wanting to do EBC, uh, book EBC, but I have an island peak in your head. Ooh, difficult decision. Um, yeah, how difficult is it? Is there a high success rate for the summit? So, I mean, there's a few options, I would say, uh, off the bat, Chris. Um, you can do EBC and Island Peak in the same trip. We've got a, a trip that incorporates both, Ultimate Island Peak. Um, Lauren, if you're on the uh, the comments, if you could drop that in. Um, check it out, Chris. You could download the guide, have a little look into it, see if the itinerary. It is a long one, so, you know, in terms of annual leave, etc. cetera. Um, we do have another trip for Island Peak, which is 16 days. And then we've got the Everest Base Camp trip on its own, which is 15 days. So there's a few options. In terms of summit success, Island Peak's very, very mixed. I mean, we've had uh, a lot of success. We've also had a lot of people who have, um, you know, because of weather, uh, because it is it is high. You know, you're over 6,100 metres. Weather comes in, you can't see. You know, it's. I think it was when we were able to do a last trip, I think it was in the autumn of 2019. Yeah. Um, the guys just got a little bit higher than high camp. They got the highest team on the mountain. Where I think nine teams had to turn back. Um, because it was just it was just too difficult. It was dangerous. Um, you know, the guys got higher than anyone else on that mountain, but still they weren't able to get to the summit. Yeah. Um, you know, but if going to, to Nepal, I mean, I always say this that it's it's more than the summit. You know, seeing Nepal, trekking through the Kumbu region, it's amazing. The culture, the views, the people you trek with, your guide, you know, there's so much more than just that summit. And you know, it it might be worth just doing Everest Base Camp, getting a little taste for it seeing how you get on 
And then if you want to go back and think, cool, I want to take it a bit higher because, you know, base camp is like 5,300 meters roughly. Um, then, yeah, you can you can do both. Just come back again and we can do um, Island Peak. Um, yeah. But, yeah, drop us a message. Obviously, if you want to go for it, and Lawrence put the link there, um, that's the big trip. I'd probably say it's one of the most challenging we do, which is Everest Base Camp and Island Peak. Go for it. Um, I'd, I'd hate to say if it's the first time. We've had first timers go and do Everest Base Camp and Island Peak. Um, again, yeah, like- do, do you think, is, is that something you, you want to do? You know, go for it. I mean, to be honest, yeah, I think, you know, if, if, if you want to do it, it's worth the risk because you'll win no matter what. You know, you might win-win and get and, and get the summit or you might win just yeah. having travelled to Nepal and, and climbed the mountain a bit. It all depends on weather. You know, weather's probably the biggest turnaround because when you climb a big mountain like Everest or something like that, you sort of, you have a, an, an, an indefinite amount of time, really, waiting for a weather window. On these sort of trips where you've got Island Peak, generally, you know, you've got a finite amount of time because, you know, you're there for about 20 days and you've got a flight to catch. So you don't have a big window to wait for a good weather. Um, Having said that, like Andy said, we've had plenty of success on the mountain. You know, I I know, you know, that if it's possible to get you up there, our team will get you up there. Yeah. Um, And the rest is up to the the weather gods, basically. And, And that's it. Yeah, even Mark's back. Mark, Mark Van Rossum's back. I suppose we've been going for that long. <laughs> yeah. um, didn't miss much, nothing, Mark. Maybe three new trips, maybe a new competition. Uh, I think that's yeah. what he missed. <laughs> um, uh, Mick, so I know, I, I know Mick uh, is booked in. Um, frustratingly, he's rescheduled his trip, I think, third, three times now because of COVID. Uh, and he's uh, doing Island Peak. He's been to Everest Base Camp. Um, you know, he knows altitude. He can't wait to get Island Peak. And we... Um, yeah, we feel like we're leaving out like sort of a little cousin, aren't we? We don't talk about Island Peak, but um, yeah. you know, it's a fantastic trip in its own right. And yeah, Mick, we can't wait to get you there, mate. Um, keep hydrated in the interim um, and when you're out there. And I- I'm sure, you know, once we're allowed to go back, um, yeah, you'll uh, you'll climb it, mate. No doubt. I want to see that summit picture. Um, yeah, with your, uh, I know you've got the military flag. You can you can fly that on the top, mate. Can't wait to see that. Yeah, Awesome. Nice, Dave. Well, look, I know we, we're coming towards an hour now. I, I know we've, we've kind of skimmed through a bit there, but any any final thoughts, Dave, before we finish? Um, no, I think that's it. Yeah, just, just for Mark EV. I mean, what did you miss out on? Um, Patagonia, <laughs> Nepal, and um, Ecuador. But, you know, you can, you can, you can rewind a little bit now and, and, yeah, and yeah, get yeah. Um, yeah. Any updates or teasers on the biking trip, Dave? Um, yes, Dave. Yeah, made some real big progress on that recently. Um, I'll be honest with you, it's, it, it's, it's a little bit more than just a trip. So, um, yeah, that's why it's taking a little bit longer and why I just haven't fired that bad boy out. Um, but we're, we're, we're this close. Um, a lot of work's gone into it now over the last year. Um, and we're, we're, we're inching towards a, a, a nice, big, exciting announcement for you guys. But, um, yeah, stay tuned. I'll probably be next month, I think. <laughs> In yeah, that might be the next future. Month, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's aim for that. Um, all right, guys. Well, look, lovely to have you on. Um, as always, uh, great. Um, lots of questions coming in. I think it was, uh, yeah, nice t- to chat about Killy again. Um, as I mentioned, um, get yourself in the competition now. Be following up some more posts on social, uh, also on the emails. Um, but as always, guys, anything you need, just give uh, myself, Dave, rest of the Yetis. Yeah. Uh, drops an email, info at evertrek.co.uk. Facebook yeah. message. Also got the uh, the chat bot on the, uh, the chat uh, feature on the website. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll catch you next Tuesday. Exactly, Haley Lou Brimble. Yes, um, but yeah, other than that, awesome. See you guys.
Yeah, take it easy, guys. All the best. Bye, bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mount Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. Thank you.